pay me to stop. My God at the top. We gon' praise our way out the grave, dog. Living, speaking, praise God. Walking out the graveyard back to life. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me on this wonderful show is Casey Hudson of PewterReport.com. And just checking in now, in the nick of time, the one and only Matt Matera, also of PewterReport.com. Matt, Casey, feels good to have the senior crew back together. Senior ball squad. That's right. It feels that feels right. Been a minute. Yeah. It, it, it was a, a long time coming. Yeah, it has been. We haven't had I think I've been on the show once with Matt, maybe. I don't think I've been on with you at all, Casey, since the senior bowl. So no. This is this is this is what God intended the Thursday show to be. The three of us rocking out, Matt with that mustache, talking I'm about so glad yeah. to see the yeah. mustache again. <laughs> maybe too. yeah, maybe I'll keep I'll keep it for a couple more days. But Casey, Thank you were pretty you. busy. I mean, you were out in LA, you were using frank ocean songs highlight videos which i love love the song lost yeah from channel orange one of the greatest albums of all time for everyone in the chat if you haven't listened to it go listen to it yeah it was yeah because you said your flight was delayed or something like that my flight was delayed my flight was canceled my flight was rescheduled i was on four different flights just to (laughs) get to la and try to get home so it was a whole catastrophe leave it to me though guys and then it gets better <laughs> get all the way to la ready to go have some fun we had a sports illustrated event for the first one to do and me and my friend are outside with a bunch of luggage and they're like your airbnb's canceled nobody called you and i'm like no nobody did <laughs> what happened what'd you do oh man so many stories but uh found a place to lay my head no i'm kidding my dad lives an hour south so I just went to the events. I stored my stuff at a hotel right. and paid the guy to watch out for it. And then we changed in the hotel bathroom downstairs, <laughs> quickly ran out. And then when the night was over, I went and grabbed my stuff and went to my dad's. So wow. <laughs> it pays gotta to be love a little the reliability person. Of, yeah, it's got to <laughs> love the reliability of Airbnbs. <laughs> oh, so much. I won't be doing that feels again. Like I they, will stick to hotels. So yeah, it feels like they fall through a little too often. Uh, but. Speaking yeah. of things that could fall through but hopefully won't is the Bucks' plans to re-sign one Chris Godwin. They would love to have praise, it happen. Praise be, praise be to Godwin. <laughs> praise be to Godwin. <laughs> the Bucks would I like to be a, able to say that too. I used that a lot in 2019, too. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a, that's an old, oh, that's a that's a pre-me Peter report joke. I yeah, no, yeah. I understand. Mm. It's cool. I'm definitely pre-Casey Peter report joke. <laughs> that's a real inside oh. jokes with himself <laughs> uh, you, yeah i usually turn to taylor and be like praise be to godwin you know because he because 2019 was his breakout year so right. obviously like he was making play after play so yeah praise be well, to god was, uh, was yeah. i like that though i'll borrow it yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. we'll put that in articles i should have made that the title of the podcast the bucks if he resigns if yeah, he resigns, if he resigns, we'll, 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 say. we'll print one paper, like just just the you know the one time only Buccaneer magazine is back. We'll say praise be to Godwin. Godwin resigns five That'll years, hundred million. Yeah. One time only. Yeah, the Bucks are certainly hoping that that subscription come back because they love to see this guy back and would love to see uh, him as a huge part of the locker room and on the field and all of that over the next several years but mm-hmm. what's the market going to be we're going to talk about that on today's show what the situation looks like for chris godwin moving forward uh, in tampa bay or elsewhere how his injury affects things why i think he might not get re-signed before agent window opens up on march 14th we'll see that's still a couple what three weeks away so mm-hmm. there is some time we'll talk about that we'll talk about the current wide receiver three wide receiver two and three i guess because godwin's not technically under contract yet uh, for next year uh, we'll talk about the options that are currently in-house and how all of them stink. And then we'll talk about the free agent options that are out there. We'll talk about the draft options that are out there. And uh, I know there's some favorite prospects. And we'll also do the same thing at tight end. Everything I just said, we're going to do a tight end. First, we're going to do wide receiver, right? We feel good about that? First yeah. wide receivers, yeah. then tight ends, okay? So this podcast will kind of be split into two halves a little bit. But they're both going to be wonderful halves. And they're both going to be brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential <laughs> functional energy. Matt is already, is that jackfruit, Matt? Even mm-hmm. living off the jackfruit <laughs> jug, jug. So jug. many. I, I have to drink them to like to get more room in my apartment. It's taking so much, right. which I'm extremely grateful for. And it's a great way to start every single day drinking Celsius. That one has it me running through walls. 
Jackfruit? Yeah. It's a, little, it's a little too much heat for my little body, but... And then I'm trying a new flavor, too. So I'm finishing one and opening another. Tropical vibe. I've never seen that flavor that's in your right hand there. Okay, yeah. Orange pomegranate, and we're just going to see how Ooh. this goes. Wow. Yeah. I've, no, I've never seen that. I just am so, on the mango passion fruit, and it's number one for me. Just got it set. First time trying it was yesterday. Couldn't believe it. I've had... This might be my third one since yesterday. So I'm having a little <laughs> jazz on this pod. That's probably why, but they're really, really good. Can't <laughs> recommend it enough. I think they're at the locals, mainly, maybe exclusively at 7-Elevens. Um, so uh, check uh, those out if you get a chance to. But there's tons of great flavors. Best energy drink out there. No sugar in them. You get the energy without the crunch you get from their energy drinks. Cannot recommend it enough. It's truly awesome stuff and awesome tasting stuff too. So you can go to Celsius.com and you can check out uh, the store locator to find out where they are near you, or you can click the banner ads at peterreport.com as well. Do the Amazon subscribe and save option. Get those uh, wonderful beverages coming to your house on the regular basis. Uh, very, Love very it. excited about that. Uh, great partners as always with our friends at Celsius. Okay. The comments are filling up and I the people want to know, <laughs> the people want to know what's happening with Christopher Godwin. What's, what's going down. Um, and uh, Tom is also in the praise be to Godwin camp. So good. Hey. Oh, we, we're shifting up. Hand emoji. <laughs> I appreciate that, Matt. Is this, is this the hand emoji? <laughs> yeah. 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 Doesn't it have thumbs out, though? Well, that's the U. Be, you didn't go to the U. Okay. I didn't connect it, Matthew. All right. Oh, it's on. on. See. Is it on either side of your face? It's got to be like a little, right? like a little. Uh... It's like the actual emoji, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. going for. It's the right, actual right, right. emoji. <laughs> right. So, yes. Yeah, I know, I know my emojis. I'm that old. Yeah. When emojis come to real life. Oh, yeah. Well, the emoji isn't connected, right? It's No. Separate. I don't think. Okay. All, right. Nah. All right. Good. We're on the same page. When we Next year when we do the game day live in-game broadcast and Godwin's back, hopefully, Lord willing, uh, we'll do this when he scores. It'll be. Yes. We'll just do that. We won't, we won't say anything else. Um, but anyway, Chris Godwin, we have questions filling up the chat. We have one about Gronk here. Let me fix this so we're not shifting up too much dirt when i put these questions up on the screen but i think gronk will sign a one-year deal with the bucks go for one year eight to ten million again we'll talk about this in a second tom and we will address this but we do appreciate the super chat because i know there will be questions about gronk i don't know how much we're going to be able to say about gronk we'll be able to figure some stuff out i guess as it goes but not too much stuff at this point in time it's going to be kind of difficult for us to assess things until he makes an announcement about whether he's coming back or not then we can evaluate his free agency options. But let's talk about Chris Godwin here as Leo with the $5 super chat. Greatly appreciate this, Leo. Chris Godwin is a must to keep. Not a fan of him testing free agency. I was hoping OBJ, but that ACL is sidelining him till November. Darden has to go huge flop. Darden just catching a random stray in here. I don't know much we'll talk about him today, but uh, I appreciate no that need. effort there. Leo, yeah, we, we don't want to talk too much about Darden. him. Yeah, right. Um <laughs> Let me think about this with Chris Godwin, uh, and I'll get both of your thoughts. I think he is probably going to test the market. We'll see how things develop. A lot can happen over the week of the combine. His agent obviously will be there. This is kind of where agents start to figure out uh, what's the, like, um, the market like for my player. And given Godwin's injury, this is where the, his camp will start to figure out what his price is. And this is also where the box will start to figure out what that price might look like. They have an idea right now, obviously, but they'll start to figure out if their idea is correct or not in this place. So that will determine a lot of things. If Godwin's camp is hearing, I don't, last year was a rough market for wideouts, great draft class, the last three or four, the market might be down. Like they might be more willing to come back to the table with Tampa Bay. Okay, what's your best offer? That might be better than what we think we're going to get. But the Bucs be willing to let Godwin's agency because they might think he can get out there and be maybe a little disappointed with the offers that he gets given the wide receiver market for uh, for wideouts last year uh, in free agency, some of the draft classes have been really good. This is another one with a lot of wide receivers near the top. Um, they might say, you know what, you're injured, and let's just see what teams are throwing at you, and maybe it moves your price down a little bit and helps us save a little bit of money. We'll see if that's how it goes. I do think if he hadn't been for the injury, he would have been re-signed already. But this is, in my opinion, it's it's a got to have it for the Bucks this offseason. I don't think they can let Chris Godwin leave. Obviously, I don't know fully his health situation, but – Reality is his injury was pretty clean. It sounded like after the surgery, full prognosis, full uh, um, uh, health is expected to come out of this situation. And so because of that, I'm not necessarily super worried about it impacting his status for next season. It seems like 
Um, he's a player who will be able to move past this pretty quickly. Casey, do you agree that this is kind of the most important part of the Bucks offseason is other than the Brady situation on quarterback, obviously, is <laughs> figuring out what happens Yeah, with Chris Godwin? Um, yeah, absolutely, because – I mean, I kind of mentioned it or touched on it forever ago. It feels like we haven't done this in so long. But the reality of it is, I mean, some Bucks fans can hopefully back this up, is the talent on this roster, you know, you were really just looking for a quarterback that could get the job done and minimize the turnovers. I mean, cutting half of Winston's turnovers or cutting Winston's turnovers in half would have been more beneficial than what was dealt with and and you know, how it limited that offense. So I think Chris Godwin is a priority to get back because then you have that, you know, one-two punch of Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, um, and, you know, whatever guy can really situate that wide receiver three spot. So I think the focus has to be just getting a quarterback that's going to get the job done and, you know, be able to lead. Those are big shoes to fill with Tom Brady being out. And these guys have now been so equipped to that character and that culture that he established. So I think it's going to take a minute to kind of figure out how they're going to rebuild that because then we saw it even with Tom Brady chemistry. It takes a while to build. It takes a minute to to get there. So I don't think they want to be worrying about a new quarterback as well as another wide receiver when you have so much faith and, and you know what Chris Godwin brings to the table. I think the right. priority is, you know, quarterback. And I think that they – work with Chris Godwin. I think they know his value. They know what he brings to the team. He does have the injury kind of working against him. And I think something that's going to placate against his situation is OBJ had the torn ACL last season, you know, finally finds a team gets through what six, seven games and then tears it at the end again. So that there's kind of a liability hanging over their heads and the injuries have been so bad this season that Mm. hopefully greed doesn't get involved. And I don't think Chris Godwin's that guy. So I think, you know, he'll, structure the right contract to where he can get more money down the line, get paid what he deserves based off performance in the last three years and kind of move forward. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And obviously this is a big part of this, Matt, is just the fact he fits so well in the Bucks offense. Hard to find replacements for him and keep your offense humming the way that you do, as we saw when he went mm-hmm. down this past season. Oh, right. Absolutely. Again, outside of the quarterback situation, it's clear cut, no question at all, Chris Godwin is the number one guy that they need to bring back. Uh, First off, I just want to say, too, like, I'm not surprised that he's going to test free agency and he's excited about that because, I mean, why wouldn't you? When you look at the free agent list this year, and Casey, you obviously just talked about Odell. I mean, outside Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin is, like, the top wide receiver. So, like, why wouldn't you explore those options? I I don't blame him for that. But, I mean, you look at, and we spoke about it earlier, that 2019 was his breakout year and became a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver, maybe even all pro caliber wide receiver. But look at two towards the end of the season when he got hurt in the Saints game. The two games before that, he had 15 receptions for 143 yards. The next game followed that up with 10 receptions for 105 yards. The Saints game before he tore his ACL, he had seven receptions in the first half. So he was on his way to 14, maybe 15, maybe even would get to 20 the way uh, Chris Godwin had been playing. I mean, he's just the catalyst for this offense. Mike Evans does a ton of incredible things, but let's not mistake it. Chris Godwin is the guy that they run that offense through. He gets plays over the middle. He's clutch on third down. He's not just a vertical guy. They'll freaking run the ball with him. They'll throw screens to him. I mean, that screen game between Brady, I know Brady's, who knows, maybe he'll be back, but Brady and Chris Godwin, (laughs) that screen game alone. He was so effective in that role. He just he taxed defenses in so many different ways. He's an incredible blocking wide receiver. I was about to say blocking tight end because that was Gronk's, you know, uh, saying for a while. But yeah, he's more important to this offense than any other free agent they could bring in or a rookie that they could draft. I mean, it takes time to mold what Chris Godwin has done for the Bucks offense, and uh, so they can't let him go. They really can't. Right. It really is great. that kind of situation where it's that important to the team. Plus. You know, we talked about yesterday all about offensive line and how much money you're willing to tie up an offensive line, yada, all this stuff, and how hard it is to replace those positions. I think even though there are a lot of good wideouts out there, hard to replace guys like Godwin. There's a lot of guys you can plug into certain systems, not the Buck system, though. This is a system that relies a lot on wide receivers to get open, whether it's Leftwich or whoever takes over next coach. We don't obviously at this time. That system relies on those guys a lot to get open. They rely on that position specifically to play basically every snap of the game, to block, to do all kinds of different things, to catch screens, to do that. It's hard to replace that. It's not easy to find players that can do those things. So because of that, Godwin's value 
especially to the Bucks, should be greater than his value to most other teams, which is why them not bringing him back would frustrate me to no end because, first of all, it's semantics. You just paid him a franchise tag. He is not going to cost that much more than the franchise tag. He's also 25 years old. Like, pay a guy when he's 25 years old. It's not like Jensen's situation where he's about to be 31 in May. No, that's where you get cautious. But at 25, he's performed. I know there's this injury and he's had some nagging injuries, but there's nothing that makes you should make you think, oh, like this guy can't be productive down the road. At this point in time, you have ACL tears every single year. Right, John, that's what I was going to say. You see players get serious injuries all the time. And with technology, thankfully, they're all able to recover so much where obviously it's terrible that he tore his ACL. But, I mean, he's going to – it's manageable. Come back next season, yeah, it's manageable, yeah. and he's going to come back like probably earlier than what we would expect even five years ago when someone mm-hmm. tore their ACL. And the surgery is just so cl- so much more cleaner these days that you know, like I said, there was that unfortunate hiccup with OBJ, but we don't know you know the full recovery or what he allowed himself mm-hmm. to do. But going into an off season with that injury and stuff, like he's in the right lineup to actually heal and bounce back. And this season, there were so many injuries. If injuries are going to count against guys to that kind of magnitude, then it's going to screw with the NFL for years to come because this year was pretty brutal. And Godwin never has been a receiver who relied on pure athleticism. He's, you know, so his game can, can translate, can age. I think all the things Mm -hmm. uh, can be just fine with Chris Godwin's game. And so I'm not necessarily worried about those things. Obviously I'm not the Bucks doctors, but right now I wouldn't say I'm necessarily worried about those things. So, I do think he needs to be back. I do think it's semantics. You know, if you're talking about a couple million dollars, he's not going to cost 20 million where there were times last year yeah. where we thought, no, that could be the market. That's not going to be the case. It's really, I, Pro Football Focus has him right now, four years, 70 million, 17 and a half million per year. They have him at around 36 million total guaranteed. For comparison, Mike Evans got 55 million total guarantees. So we'll see if the difference ends up being that stark. Now, 17 and a half million per year is about a million more than Evans gets per year. Obviously, is in the guaranteed money. It's a significant difference. That may be how they dance around. No, Godwin might make more per year, but Mike, you got more guaranteed money. By the way, neither player cares, but that's the thing about these things I think a lot of fans miss. <laughs> the agents do this stuff. The players don't really get involved other than they just tell them, hey, this is the price tag. This is that. They won't even like close necessarily unless the players like gives them the final thumbs up. They're not necessarily there for the negotiation part. So the agent is trying to establish a market and put his name own name out there. Like, my guy's the highest paid wide receiver on a team with Mike Evans yeah. per year. They want that. Evans' agent obviously is going to complain. If it gets to the players, they'll step in. But that's agent talk, not necessarily player talk, that all that stuff happens in. You know what Evans mm-hmm. is going to say if it gets to him or if the team has to ask him. So <laughs> that is kind of all how part of how this situation will play out. We don't know all those details necessarily right now, and the Bucks don't either. A lot of that will play out. We'll start to play out at the Combine. Then we'll be there, and we'll be able to hopefully be able to provide you some kind of insight there. Hopefully we hear back about credentials at some point. But we'll be there and hopefully be able to provide you uh, some insight on what that's going to look like as well. So um, that all will start happening that week. That's when we start hearing about Shaq Barrett and Jameson and all that stuff in past year. So uh, hopefully there will be reports out about that eventually. But let's move on, jump ahead from the Christmas discussion, and then just look at the rest of the players on the roster. This is where Godwin's value becomes even more greater to the box. Because currently, they just, I mean, everybody got an opportunity to prove themselves last year. It's not like, oh, we didn't know you're going out of year one. How good could Tyler Johnson be? Now we kind of know, and it's not that good. Like, that's a problem moving forward. I don't even know if he can be a wide receiver three, let alone a wide receiver two, a valid option to replace Godwin. If he had popped off this year and had 800 yards, 900 yards, and that role where he played more snaps, way more snaps than Antonio Brown and, and those that kind of thing, you might make an argument, oh, okay, if you lose Godwin, not all is lost. You still have a good player here, a great player in Evans. You know, it's not as good as Godwin, but, but that's not even the case. The Bucs don't even have yeah. that. With Captain Johnson, he should be fighting for a roster spot next year, in my opinion. Scotty Miller, regardless of what you think of him, will be fighting for a roster spot. That was clear in the way the team viewed him. Pat Stewart Grayson through the games. It's not going to be enough to solidify him. He will be fighting for a roster spot. Those guys, Jalen Darden, we'll see what happens with Rashad Perryman. Those guys should all be – none of them should be locked into a job next year. If they're locked mm-hmm. into a three spot, any of those guys, even a top four spot, I would say, I really think the Bucs have failed in the process of evaluating their own receiver room. They need to bring in better talent at those positions, in my opinion, Casey, because I don't think – I wouldn't see look at any way any of those players have played and said this team can count on 
this guy moving forward into next year. And that includes Jalen Darden, who Elliot asked about here in his $5 super chat. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a given because even though some of those names that you mentioned, like Brashad Perriman and Cyril Grayson, like, yeah, they did good things, but it wasn't consistent. It was kind of hit or miss. Um, Cyril Grayson looked like he was kind of getting on a, on a solid trajectory there where he was improving game by game. But once you come through an offseason and get back into training camp, you just really don't know. So locking in on any of those guys and really relying on them, I just don't think that they put themselves in the most reliable situation. And between injuries, between contracts, between who's going to be here in the next couple of years and what the next season's going to look like, you know, I know Jason Light alluded to the fact that they're not in a rebuilding phase. He basically said that they're polishing, but playing off of that, part of polishing means getting guys in there that you're going to see a little bit more longevity out of. So you can't sit here and rely on a Cyril Grayson and Brashad Perriman. Tyler Johnson just did not secure his job this season. It doesn't look like they trust Scotty Miller, even though I want to see more Scotty. So this draft, they have to, they have to make that that lock in. They have to see the guy who's going to be here for the next three, four years, so that they can kind of, when that rebuild or that entire rebuild phase comes about, you know, they're not entirely starting from scratch because that is where you get hurt as a team and you've got to wait five. 10 years to actually get back into championship mode. So they're in prime positioning right now, as long as they do things correctly. And you guys know, I even like Rashad Perriman just as much as the next person I was rooting for him when everybody thought I was crazy. Um, but I would love to see a quality. I think you guys know who, but a quality top draft pick come in and start handling that wide receiver three slot, because from the beginning, if he knows that that's his job and he knows what he's working towards and the goal is very clear and concise ahead of him, the wide receivers in this draft class, I think that they can pick up their next Mike Evans, if you will, or one of those guys that's going to be around for a while. And that's what I would love to see. Um, the other guys can go do a couple more years in other teams. Good luck. Congratulations and and move on. And as for Darden, he's got to go. <laughs> you know, wow, really reality <laughs> is the Darden probably will be back next season. You're probably at least in a return. Right. 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 I, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, just going down the list, the thing that's so frustrating for me about Tyler Johnson is that he, and I understand he's still young in his career, but he was given the opportunity to step up yeah. and be the number three guy when AB left the team and AB was hurt for a long time before that too. So essentially it was, it was Tyler Johnson's job to lose. And yep. He it felt like they played with 10 it. guys at times. Right? Like, it felt like <laughs> right. they played with 10 guys. And like, you just want to see. You get to the end like, of a game, you will be like, did Tyler Johnson have a catch? Right. Like, it just got. Yeah. Just, I mean, it, it wouldn't happen until the end of the game, or, you mm -hmm. know, there would be third down plays where, sure, maybe the throw was a little behind him, or he had to go low to get it. And you just want to have the guy that you can rely on to make those clutch third down plays yep. like Chris Godwin. And we didn't really see that. Darden is the one guy that. I'm not ready to give a ruling on yet because as a wideout, especially he, at, yeah, as a wideout, he didn't have too many opportunities. I understand we all had issues with them as a returner. He was on roller skates mm -hmm. the whole time, but I think we got to understand too, that not every rookie is going to pop out onto the scene right away. Like we all want to. And you got to understand as well. He was buried on that depth chart with a B as the number three and Tyler Johnson and Scotty. So I think if he got more of an opportunity, I'm not saying he's going to be the answer, but I'm just saying, like, I want to see a little bit more before I decide, oh, you know, uh, Jalen Darden is done. Scotty Miller, it's just clear the, the coaching staff doesn't trust him. I would like to see. I mean, if he keeps making plays on special teams, he could, you know, really be a, I mean, a hometown. Scotty and wide receiver. You got a dual threat there. Why yeah, not? Yeah, I love it. I love it. And uh, Rashad Perriman, I mean, if you, if you take out the touchdown in overtime against the Bills, he really didn't bring anything. He would get yeah. maybe one catch a game. Grayson is another guy that's really intriguing because, mm -hmm. as you both said, you know, he really caught fire towards the end of the year, and then he got hurt. If he didn't get hurt, what do we get from him? I don't know, but he's going to be a very fascinating, uh, you know, training camp player to watch, see if he can mm -hmm. continue with that momentum, and the uh, the preseason's really going to be big for him, I think, more than anyone else in the uh, the receivers yeah. group. Yeah, agree. And it's not like they just need to be realistic. They need to go into next year and recognize Brashad Perriman is not the guy you once thought he was maybe. And like, yeah. you, you got to accept that. You got to accept that about Tyler Johnson. You got to accept that about Darden. Be realistic about where your group's at yeah. right now. It's not the number three receiver. The number three receiver is not on the roster right now. Right. For the Bucks. 100%. And, and, and maybe, maybe the number four receiver. I mean, I, I'll go so far as to say that maybe I'm not saying I know you only have so many resources, and we'll see how the offseason plays out. And if you bring back Godwin, obviously you're you're looking at wide receiver three role. 
But I would love to bring in two bodies, whether it's through the draft. I'm not saying they both have to be like first, second round picks, but I would love to to bring in a, a first round pick, maybe a wide out or second round pick at wide out. It's just that important. And Evans isn't under contract pass this year. I mean, he's going to be. We know that. I mean, there will be an extension that eventually happens, and hopefully it's this offseason too. But um, that will happen with him, I'm sure. But still, you want to look at that position and say, okay, if we're not going to pay a ton of money for a guy, another guy, obviously a third guy, so draft one. You know, that's the way to do it, and there's good ones every year in the draft. And yeah. frankly, they have the flexibility that they can uh, still do it here. So Brian with a $20 super chat. Hey, Brian. Brian always Thank has you. our back, man. Thank you, guys. That is all. Thank you. There's Brian. one wide receiver I would love to see drafted, and one I would like to see picked up in free agency. Oh, okay, Casey. <laughs> I don't know Let if this guess. is going to be too favorable. So Let me draft, guess who the wide receiver knows. you want to draft. Draft. He hails from. I need Christian. He Watson hails from the area. Out of and. NDSU and Plant High School to grace Tampa with his presence once more. He just yeah, fits. Yeah. I I was so impressed with him, especially because like I was half in and half out, and I was, and he was the only person that stood out to me. You guys mentioned that already. But as for free agency, I mean, let's just let's play a game for a second. Would we <laughs> absolutely games. hate the idea of Allen Robinson coming to Tampa Bay? No, I don't hate that at all. Right. He was he was someone I saw on the on the list of like free agents. I'm like, okay, I don't know huh. how much his his you know how much it, it'll it'll cost to get him, but. He, I mean, he was a guy that just everyone was like, get him out of town, get him out of town. He doesn't have a quarterback. Give him a quarterback and it'll be great. So, okay. And just I mean, to give like, you an idea, are we talking about this in the context of Chris Godwin is back? This is your yeah. number. That's three. how I was viewing it. Yeah. Is that how for, you're viewing it? Okay. Yeah. Here's cost projection by Pro Football Focus. I actually right. don't know if I disagree with this. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. One thing I didn't know, Al Robinson's only 28 years old. Feels like he's mm-hmm. been playing in the league for a hot minute. Yeah. So surprised by he that. He had to carry the Jaguars on his shoulders for so That's many right. seasons. That's right. <laughs> Three years, 16 million per year is the contract projection right now from PFF. That is not happening if yeah, Godwin is back. Too much. But right. if Godwin is not back, that could be slightly lower price tag and not as long a term to commit to for a wide mm-hmm. receiver who's still relatively young and certainly mold wise fits what the bucks like in the yeah. wide receivers big and can go up and get the ball vertical guy plays inside and outside at times for the, for the uh, bears. Isn't the blocker that Godwin, it isn't the all around right. yak guy that Godwin is either. So there's differences, um, but coming off a horrible year, like it barely did anything this past year. I mean, 410 I just, yards is it. And then he had two back-to-back 1,000-yard like, seasons and then right. digressed to 410. So is the price tag really going to be 16 mil per year? No, I think it'd be negotiable. And think of this. They they get to kind of dangle the little crumb that says, hey, come to NFC um, almost championship team. We're not rebuilding. We're polishing, and you can do this much. But, I mean, just with this offense alone, he'll break 410 yards, so it doesn't get any worse. (laughs) You just had the worst situation offensively in Chicago. So, But Allen Robinson has spent his entire career playing for chumps at quarterback. Does he want to continue that without knowing the situation? I'm not saying there will be a chump. I'm just saying, like, when he hits the market, how important will it be to say, I'm finally, I'm 28. This is it <laughs> I'm for me. Free from I'm the not going to risk playing Gavard and Kyle Trask. I don't think it'll matter to every wideout that's out there, but to this man yes. who has been through hell, it All might right. matter to him. If the percentage is Kyle Trask really has a chance, then no, don't come here because I had so much, <laughs> I got a lot of feedback on the fact that I said Kyle Trask is not ready and I do not support that notion if that's the case. But granted, Odds wise, the Bucks are going to try to make again. Tom Brady or those are large shoes to fill. Like, and I don't think Jason Light's an idiot. Far from it. So, yeah. there's going to at least be a more quality quarterback in the pocket to continue to move this offense in the right direction. So, between you know the weapons, his teammates, who he'll have, I mean, I think that'd be a fun little plug-in, and then grab Watson out of the draft. Okay. No one, no one's stopping the Bucks next year. If Let lose, me help. I, I want to be in the in the room. What do they call it again? Okay, so that's there's almost two free agency plans, right? I still would love to see them get somebody cheaper, which there are options. I'll talk about mainly mm-hmm. those options probably. But there's the also if we lose Godwin option, are there plan Bs that don't cost as much as Godwin for not as long as Godwin maybe, but could still be good players. And and so that's interesting. Let's talk, let's stay on the free agency track. And I do want to circle back to Christian Watson before we move to tight ends, free agency track, Matt, do you have your eyes on anybody? Is there like Godwin replacement players? And then there's the plan B options too. What are your thoughts? I mean, yeah. So 
I have two guys in mind, and one of them is like clearly if Chris Godwin is back, this guy could be the third wide receiver. Um, this other guy, I I thought at first when I saw his name, I thought he could fit with the box and would be a, a, a bit of a cheaper situation, but would stand as a number three. But then I saw like his projected cap, and I was like, I don't really know if the box would go for that. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not biased when I say this though. I thought Jameson Crowder would be a very interesting number three. Wow. For the box. I mean, see that coming. his I numbers form a New York Jet great. Um, his numbers declined last year. He had 447 yards, but, um, the last two years before that in 2019, he had 833 yards and six touchdowns in 2020. He had 699 yards and also six touchdowns leading receiver for the Jets in those two seasons. And again, He's coming from an offense that was absolutely abysmal and dealing with a terrible quarterback and a rookie quarterback. So, again, if Crowder comes to the Bucs and we're assuming that it's going to be Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Crowder has never played with such talent like that (laughs) in his life, in his NFL career. (laughs) So I think the opportunity to be the number three receiver, he doesn't have to be the number one guy. You already have, you know, the, the heroes on the team, the, the guys that will get all the attention, I think that's a really opportunistic situation for Jameson Crowder, who at this point probably wants to win. I mean, he played with Washington and the Jets. You know, yeah. he wants to get an opportunity He's cheap. There. He's the cheap other and guy, a productive veteran. Yeah. I don't know guy, about Crowder's fit, though, Matt. Like, he's small and not that well, fast. Yeah, okay. And... So that was the other thing. I understand he's not the ideal fit for Bruce Arians right. offense, but I, I don't think that's going to exclude the Bucks from only up. Oh, like if he's anything less than six, three, he can't play on this team or anything like that. I just, True. I think we have to with veterans. Yeah. Maybe change our expectations a little bit. Another okay. guy, I believe he has ties with, um, yeah, he has ties with, with, uh, Bruce Arians and the, it's a guy you're familiar with, John. Um, Clearly not the receiver he once was, but you're really um, playing it up. I know. He had he had an he had an impact with this team. He wasn't the number one guy by any means, but if we're talking about third wide receiver, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, he obviously was playing in Buffalo. Um, Clearly, Diggs is the number one guy there, and and Beasley is a player that gets a ton of targets. But again, if we're talking number three wide receiver, and we want to step up from Darden, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, I think Emmanuel Sanders, with his history with Bruce Arians, could come in here. And, you know, do some work in the Bucs offense. He's not going to be 1,000 receiving yards and double-digit touchdowns. But as a third wide receiver, I like him more than anyone that the Bucs have in-house. Hmm. Hmm. I know he's, he's older. He's getting old. I know he's older. I can tell you hate this pick, but that's all right. I'm sticking with it. Now, I just please, watched him, a, I just watched him the last couple of years. I don't I don't know. He is a ball. He was a baller and he does have that connection to Arians and he would be dirt cheap. I mean, we're talking about yeah. a guy who wouldn't cost anything at this point in time. And we know Arians yeah. loves people that he knows. So, right, right. Here's so. the direction I would go. Okay. If you lose Godwin, plan B, I think, is Juju Smith Schuster Pittsburgh. I think you offer him a year deal if that was what it took to bring him in. Obviously, he's been banged up a little bit, and he's really just suffered completely because of Ben Roethlisberger completely melting as a quarterback in the NFL yeah. and the offensive system being the worst in the NFL too. Juju is not a 1,400-yard receiver like he was in, in his second season. Like That's not necessarily what he's going to be every year. That's like top-tier wide receiver in the NFL type production. But he's not the dude he's catching eight yards per catch in recent years because that's as far as Ben could throw. Like that's not him either. So people need to understand. Like I've I've always he's not a true number one guy. Even at when he was playing with Antonio Brown, when he was lighting it up and bursting onto the NFL scene, twenty years old, dominating people. But I've also he's not as 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 conservative type of receiver. He's not Jarvis Landry like the numbers have shown in recent years. Like that ain't him. Like that's ridiculous. So getting him in a real offense that would allow him to stretch the field plus elite blocker. I'm not kidding when I say, I think he might be a better blocker even than Godwin. He's that good of a blocker, elite physicality after the catch, stiff arm runs people over, throws guys blocks in the open field for his teammates. Great run after the catch guy, probably not quite as fast as Godwin, really good ball skills, not as consistent with his hands as Godwin. I know Godwin's had one or two games where he's dropped a bunch, but overall Godwin really consistent hands guy. I think Godwin's a little bit bigger, plays a little bit bigger at the catch point, but Juju's made tons of contested catches in his career. He's a good, reliable player who would cost a fraction. I mean, right now, last year he got, what, one year, was it eight from the Steelers? Eight million, yeah, something like that's that? And that's, that's what PFF has him at again because he missed almost his whole last season with an injury, a shoulder injury. So 
which he worked so hard to get back from that he made it back from the playoffs when the doctor said this dude has no chance to come back this season. He did it anyway. So anybody who thinks just TikToks and doesn't care about football, absolutely tripping. That's <laughs> Those TikToks would be great, though. Like him and Dan yeah. White on TikTok, but, I think right. would be pretty awesome. Everybody Listen, loves there's content. tons of troublemakers in Pittsburgh. Like, there's tons of dudes <laughs> I won't vouch for their character. And that offense into that Pittsburgh just breeds even. them. Juju is it, not uh, one of those dudes. He is not like those other guys. That's not a representation. Did he ever get his driver's Juju. license? I remember when the whole thing was like he rode his bike to practice every day. Like, did, yeah. he, did <laughs> he ever get a car? He did, yeah, but he, remember, he was a, he was a young pup just in general. Yeah, yeah. Imagine like he was the brightest bike that like Dale Mabry yeah. came in the league as <laughs> oh, one of the youngest exactly. players in the league, and he'd be going into a great locker room. So that's yeah. my plan B. If they lose Chris Godwin, I think he's a really good fit. We're not as good as Godwin, but it would be probably the next best thing they could go to. Plan C would be like a guy like you're talking about. Again, you get to a plan C for that role. There's not that many players to fit it. So I think a guy like Zach Pascal from the Colts would be an option that I'll throw out there. It played in the slot for the Colts. It hasn't been super crazy productive or anything, but again, we're talking about we're getting down there in terms of options. You're going to need to spray and pray and get four guys that can play, and they all play, you know, share the snaps outside of Mike Evans, basically. That's what you're looking yeah. at if you get to that point. So Zach Pascal from the Colts, tough guy, high character, good in the locker room, special teamer, uh, will block his, his butt off, like all that kind of stuff Zach Pascal will give you. Um, you know, solid player, obviously way more limited than a Chris Godwin, no question about that. Um, and then if you lose Godwin, I think you're looking at, or if you get Godwin, if you get Godwin back, you're looking at uh, some options that can make sense. I think a guy like Byron Pringle from the Chiefs, he played inside and outside, put up good numbers this past year, hitting the market. I don't even know, PFF doesn't even have him in their top 200, but he's a good player. Run after the catch this year was really good. Broke tackles, made people miss in space, has the size. Uh, he's from, is he from the area? Is that, I believe that's true. I think he's Tampa NATO, so. actually. From yeah, like and North Florida. Went to Kansas State, so obviously Scott likes him. Um, but yeah, the, the, those are the guys that I would say they have the size and speed. He ran four fours. Uh, Pringle would be a good three option, four option. If hopefully you draft somebody and you, so you've improved three and four spots, then Pringle would be would be cheap too, I think, to bring in. So those are some guys that I uh, would, would mention there in the free agent groups. We got to talk about tight ends here in a second, but quickly on the draft side of things, Casey, you mentioned Christian Watson. Just talk a little bit longer, maybe, about like what you like about his game because I need Bucks fans to know about this dude. He is the truth, and we saw him in Mobile, and he was outstanding at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, a complete standout, especially because when we originally, you know, got there and started eyeing some of the players and stuff, it was just the fact that his it was his frame that stood out to me immediately because I was like, all right. He, he's got a strong walk about him. He looks like he can manage his size. I know it's kind of a weird thing to say, but guys who are very fractionally tall, you can yeah. tell in their walk if they can handle, you know, their body. And, um, you know, warm-ups, it was the fact that he was already the only one making these catches. It was his cuts around the cones and stuff, so you can tell that he's light on his feet. And then that's when I texted you guys, and I was like, who is this guy? What's going on? Um, then tapping into his frame and realizing that he is a bigger-bodied guy, um, what is he, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and, you know, well into 200 pounds, and he was very shifty. He was light on his feet, and then as soon as they started to break away into actual productive, you know, running offensive plays and stuff, again, the most consistent guy. He was able to pick up speed. He was able to create separation. He was able to, you know, throw off the cornerbacks that he was working against. Kobe Bryant's one of the best CBs out there, and he was giving him a run for it. I got a couple yep. videos that I still need to get up, but that pairing alone was just – if you love football, you'd love to see a matchup like that. So everything about this kid was just like check, 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 mm -hmm. size, speed, the ability to be athletic. Um, and then we know what Coach Arians likes. He's mentioned it in multiple press conferences this season. He likes a guy that can block. So then when they started heading into the next offensive rotation and Watson wasn't going out for passes, he was just getting in the in the lane and creating blocks. He was doing so well. Um, I know somebody tried to give me crap because they were like, okay, that wasn't the best block, one of the videos that I posted. But – you, John, I oh, you, then you remember that first. they have no idea what they're talking about. So. Right. <laughs> Apparently I, I don't. So no, they don't. But, I said <laughs> what he said. No, the commenters don't. I said, that's oh, what yeah. you got to remember when you read the comments is they don't yeah. know what they're talking about. <laughs> Where they're coming from. <laughs> but what I loved and what you pointed out also is that, you know, I've mentioned it throughout the entire season. You guys can go back and check podcasts, players that play to the whistle blows. That's something that I'm always going to give so much credibility to and idolize. So 
that gives you time to make up for a mistake. That gives you time to still help your team. And any block that wasn't the most efficient block by Christian Watson, he was still diving in until that whistle blew and it ended up paying off. So the guy can block. He's got size. He's got speed. He ran track. He's just as good with, you know, running the ball and on special teams as he has an at as an actual wide receiver and he was the strongest and best wide receiver out of the entire senior bowl unit. Yeah. So yes, all the yeses I, to Christian I Watson. I could not be more with you on the Christian Watson train Casey, especially because he probably wouldn't be a first round pick. He'd probably be more in the second day two range for the bucks could be maybe a little bit less of an investment, but still great yeah. return for them. So love it. He models his game after Mike Evans. He is a big play machine. He came mm-hmm. from a run heavy offense in North Dakota state where he had to block all the time. Yep. He can play, I think, potentially, eventually, at least, inside and outside in an offense. Yes, Jump ball skills and speed to stretch the field. Those guys typically don't last that long, but FCS level, I don't know. We'll see what happens with his draft stock. It'll be fascinating. He did not enter Mobile as one of the big names there, no. and he emerged as the big name from the event. Yep. If that continues with the Combine, I don't know if he could get to the first round, but the second round, I don't know. We'll see. He's huge. And, and I think his college well, stats will stop him from moving into the first round and getting too high in the draft. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they kind of play that in a lot, no matter how well he does in this phase. But I love that just because it does make him more affordable for the Bucks, as you just mentioned. And it's mm-hmm. the versatility, too. You know, his stats are almost evenly divided in terms of receiving and running the ball. So you can kind of play off that, too, to drive yeah. the price one way or another. There's, so right. he won't go too high. Return to kicks, too. Yep. Are you kidding me? Bye-bye, Darden. At 6'5". That's crazy. That's like, that's like enough, Casey. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not like a Jalen Darden defender. I just think, you know, like he was a rookie from North Texas. Let's I cut know. him a little bit of slack before we just throw him overboard. Look, All I right, like Jaylen to take Darden. dance classes in my spare time. You're, I don't you're going like to replace field. a North Texas guy with a, what, North Dakota, South Dakota? Yes, I will. North Dakota in a State. Yes. And he's got yeah, like North seven Coast inches State. on him, so we can at least rely that he won't go down as quickly. <laughs> Casey, a wide receiver, height truther, Matt, a, a tie to get Jamison Crowder and all the little guys low, up here. Low man wins. You love to see it. <laughs> Six three, Matt, defending the little guys and five. I like him as a third Casey. receiver. I don't like Crowder as a two. I like Crowder <laughs> as a third. There you go. All right. Matt, who do you like in this draft for the Bucs that could be in could be in day one or day two range maybe in the draft? Mm-hmm. Anybody on your radar? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just his name just slipped me for a second, but uh, this is a guy who also has an ACL injury, but uh, John Mechie out of, um, out of mm. Alabama roll tide. I just think um, obviously again, I think he's like six foot six one. So he doesn't have the ideal prototypical size that the Bucks coaching staff likes. But I, I mean, when he was healthy, he just dominated some games. I like that. He can line up pretty much anywhere. He's an athletic guy. Um, and because injuries teams get scared about that rightfully so, but you know, Antoine Whitfield Jr. was a guy that had some injury history. The Bucks took a flyer on him and obviously mm-hmm. paid huge dividends. So I think if he could slip to that second round, who knows? Um, he's a guy that could come in. Who Again, we don't know how long it'll take for him to recover, but clearly would be competitive for that third wide receiver. And if Godwin's not there, you usually can't. For the most cases, you can't go wrong with an Alabama receiver. So if Godwin's not there, mm-hmm. he could eventually compete for the number two receiver. And you know, I, I just like what he brings to uh, to the passing. Yeah, very good possibility you could get him perhaps in the third round as well. Which you know, again, you'd, you'd like to be able to do if you can get a guy like that in that range. Uh, Traylon Burks is my guy. I don't even know if he's going to be there for the Bucks, but he might be my top receiver in this class. Honestly, I mean, the build on this dude is pretty wild. Like. To be this, and look at his hands. I mean, his hands are huge. Somebody told me his over 11 hands. We'll see if it ends up true at the combine. But the way he catches a football is very rare. I mean, he makes catches from angles yeah. and just that you don't I, see guys. I was watching from. his highlight tape. I, I had him on the line, but I just, I really yeah. just don't think he's going to, don't think he's going he's gonna to make it that, that it far is interesting. in the draft. So that's why. Yeah. Bigger receivers have had weird, I, I mean, we've seen. You know, Laquan Treadwell fell. Michael Thomas fell. Uh, DK Metcalf fell, and that was somewhat health-related. A.J. Brown fell. Like These are all bigger, thick receivers who people said, can they separate at the next level? Can they be like – they all fell down the board. Speed always goes way up the board, though, and that's where Burks – we wonder, like, well, how fast is he going to be? Some people tell me they think he's going to run to the four threes. If he's Wild. a four fours guy, like, he's 225 pounds. Less than, honestly, when you watch him – you wonder if he's a little bit bigger than that. Like he is huge and he runs by DBs, very physical after the catch, makes catches from all kinds of angles. Is he going to be the best separator 
on the full route tree, no, probably not. But very much see a lot of Brandon Marshall in his game. I think he can be that kind of player in the NFL. He may never be number one dude, but he's going to be at the top of the second tier wideouts type of group in the NFL. I think that's what I see as maybe his ceiling in the league. I'd say he'll get there right away, but experienced and he can get better as a blocker. He can get better as a route runner. There's areas about him that can improve, but physically and athletically, really good profile here, especially as a straight line guy, fits what the Bucks look for. So big fan of him. One guy that gets a lot of attention is Drake London from USC. Some people think he's going to be a top 10 pick. I am just not one of those people. I think you're going to see Drake London plummet in the next couple months. I really do. I, I, you know, he broke his ankle eight weeks into the season. That part doesn't even really concern me that much, except he's going to be able to run, but I watch him try not to run, at least at the combine. He is not going to be fast, folks. I believe he ran like a 5-1 coming to USC, something like that. Um, it was not pretty, even if that's improved, which it almost certainly has improved. I've been told he's probably going to be more like a 4-7 guy, 4-6 uh, at, be- at best. If it is in a private pro day environment, that number is going to get be better, obviously. But you could see it on tape. The lack of speed is a concern, especially for the Bucks. It'll be a concern, I think. He's very tight, small strider for a big guy who's 6-5. He does post people up. He does make contested catches. He is very good stop-start, and he can kind of get in and out of breaks pretty good for a big guy. Um, so I do think he can be a good player at the next level. He might be a big slot receiver at the next level, but I don't see him as really a Bucks fit because, again, we got to see more of him as a blocker and things like that, but the full route tree isn't there, and I think the lack of speed is going to be an issue for Tampa Bay and potentially other teams. So I do think he'll be there for the Bucks in the first round. I'm just not sure they're going to be that interested. I just wanted to mention him because I know it's a name a lot of people Wait, throw out there. Did you say there. five one? Yes, I, I believe he ran like a five flat five one or something like How that. How is that possible? I don't know if that's a public number or just like a private. Like, was he wearing ankle weights? Right, like you'd be surprised. Some of these guys I feel, like high school, that I feel like in high school I ran like a five three or a five five <laughs> or something like that. Well, like maybe how? you could have been at USC. <laughs> no, we just will never know. I could have played with the Sanchez. I would love right. to see And that. keep in mind, that was years ago and before a lot of these guys physically develop. 40s change a ton. I mean, Miles Garrett was a guy. I don't think he ran a great 40. And then it changed a ton. Obviously, he ran a great 40 for his size coming out. So it does change for some people a ton. Combine. Yeah. I mean, we could. I would love could, to. I ran, I ran the 40 during the Super Bowl experience last year. And, oh, uh, did you? Yeah. You're going to tell us the timer. Yeah, I, I don't I don't remember the time, but it was me, my girlfriend, and this like 10-year-old kid. I smoked the competition. It wasn't right. even close. Of course. Of course. As it should be. Yeah, well, so right, that's I, a... I have an insane vertical too. So Oh, do you? All five What's one this? of me, yeah. 40? No, 40 my inches? vertical is like 43. What? No, Are I'm you kidding. serious, Casey? <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> Oh, you think I'd embarrass myself like that in public? I practice I behind know. closed doors. But you could you 43? I think I, I I can't jump for a small person. I played volleyball for a second. Wow. I gotta see that. That's awesome. Every time volleyball champ. Okay, all right. Casey's showing off. Casey's showing off. I couldn't do any of that. Only event I could do is the bench, maybe, and now they're taking that out. So apparently that's like they're trying oh, to get what? that out of the combine. So yeah. That's BS. I mean, I kind of get it, but uh, some super chats about George Pickens, uh, day two or three. Pickens, Christian Christian, we appreciate the super chat. We're just going to have to see because health has been an issue in the past with him. He hasn't been able to stay out there on the field. There's like some like character because I hate throwing that word out there without no, I don't know the specifics of it. I just know everybody says that. It could be total BS. But anyway, yeah, that, that probably has to, I mean, maybe it will be day three because of those, but very talented dude. You just haven't seen enough of him, to be honest. Um, Long Lost Glazer says, I will super chat for Maddie, the symphony conductor, to run a 40 live on Peter Report YouTube. Wow. Oh, that yeah. I'm, to happen. I'm down. I need, My foot's a little banged up right now, but no excuses. I'm 100% that's right. down. <laughs> that's right. we'll just, that's we'll going to be Drake London's excuse, too, Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I'll just chug a Celsius before I'll be good. Uh, yeah, there motivation. Go. Okay, let's talk about tight end. We only got like 10 minutes before we're supposed to go. There's not a whole lot we can say. Like, we have no idea what's going to go on with Gronk. If he comes, if he return, if he says, I want to play another year, obviously the Bucs are in the mix, and then we'll see what the rest of the team, so what they think. But there, I, there's no reason for me to believe that if he says he's going to return and he doesn't believe Brady's coming back, that the Bucs would be a favorite in that regard. Like, I, he could go, 
not north and be closer to family. I mean, he does love it down here, and I guess his mom is down here. So he could stay, but it's hard for me to say. I mean, he's somebody would throw more money. I mean, he just had an awesome year. Like, he wants to go play yeah. with Joe Burrow. Like, the Bengals have tons of caps. Well, that's they the should thing. absolutely throw exactly. money at him. What, what, is the, what is the appeal for Gronk other than, like, living in Tampa, and obviously he's close with yeah. a lot of the teammates uh, on the Bucks roster. Like, what's the appeal if Kyle Trask is the quarterback or Blaine Gabbert or they get, you Especially know, one of those run-of-the-mill guys? A ring ch- like, he is ring-chasing, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but that's why he came out of retirement. Like, he right. came back to ring-chase with the best yeah. team in the NFL, the best roster in the NFL. So, knowing that, you're right, Matt. I don't know what the – Like, I know Buffalo has a pretty good tight end, but, like, you know, he's from right. the Buffalo area. If Buffalo wanted to be like, hey, like, we want to make our roster as great as possible, why wouldn't he go home for a year when, like – everyone has the bills at least going to the AFC championship. Yeah. I mean, it's not exactly home anymore. I mean, Gordy and the crew, nobody really lives in Buffalo. Yeah. So. Well, they opened, up a, gym lived there, Casey? They opened no. up a gym there. Okay. They have like a there gym every, there. Yeah, so they pop like back and forth, but like now his brother's in the full real estate market here down in Tampa and stuff. Like they've, yeah. they've really kind of sunk their roots in and he gets to have dinner at Tommy's house whenever he chooses. I mean, I so agree. Think but in the same sense, it's like, why even uproot if you've got majority? No, I agree. I mean, true. he's going to pick the ideal situation, you know? Yeah. There's other warm weather areas. Totally. Yeah. Clearly, I'm not going like to the weather for fun. So. Right. If he thinks about it like that, it's a seven-month commitment of my life or eight-month commitment of my life mm-hmm. for one more shot at a ring, and then I can go back to Tampa. If he thinks about it like that, you know, then again, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, he could be back. There's just too much unknown for but us But I don't really think know. the Bucks are far off from being contenders next season as long as the offseason goes accordingly, number one. Number Maybe two, him, Blaine Gabbert, and half of the hockey players here are like BFFs. Yeah. Like, so he's got friends. He's got mm. family. It's just- And I think the, the Bucks have a clear path to the playoffs, too, just because their whole division is not that good. Yeah. Like, you know, they could have an average year and still win the division. And once you're in the dance, anything is possible. Look at the yeah, Bengals. I yeah. <clears throat> I agree. Say that. For sure, but you got to have a ball or a quarterback eventually. So we'll, we'll see. But there yeah. is a lot up in the air. So yeah, I don't know. Gronk's situation is hard for us to read into, but good, good intel there, Casey. Good info. I, I agree that that could change some things. So, uh, let's talk about the options for them. Basically, let's just pretend he isn't coming back. He's retiring because that seems like still the most likely option to us. Um, I got three guys. Okay, who do you, free agents? <laughs> yeah, Zach Ertz. So are we going draft prospect? Oh, I like okay. Ertz talk in Tampa Bay. Um, he's, he's freaking Zach Ertz. Um, CJ, I'm not going to say his name correctly. Uzama. 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 Yeah, Uzama. Okay. He's actually, he stepped up a lot for the Bengals this season. Um, Great locker when he guy. first came into the scene, into the NFL, I probably, you guys hear how I talk about certain players. I was not a fan of CJ, but he definitely, he's cleaned up so much. Um, but also, yeah. I was just a big fan of that pro-style tight end that can block just as much as he can go out for a couple receptions. Yeah. Uh, whatever the Bengals did and whatever he looked like this season, it could potentially translate. I mean, I think he would probably trans- translate a little better than O.J. Howard is doing. So I wouldn't hate that for the amount of money that they could probably get for him and the trajectory of how he's progressing. Um, and then the Packers guy, Robert uh, Tanyan. I think he would be a baller in Tampa Bay if he came down and jumped into Who was this. the last who was the last name? The Packers tight end, Robert Tonyan. Uh, oh Robert I mean, Tonyan, yeah. Yeah. So but Zach Ertz would be my first choice. I would love to see Zach Ertz in a Bucks uniform. Depending on how the quarterback situation works out and a few other things, Jordan Akins is another tight end free agent, and he played at UCF. He actually was pretty decent with the Texans. Um with different circumstances that they have had to deal with, but coming here, being around other UCF players and potentially being with a couple mm-hmm. Texans that would come over. I mean, that's just something where the chemistry is already there. The confidence is already there. And they would just kind of be building off of something from the past couple of seasons, but he's just, he gets the job done. Yeah. If you will. I'm intrigued by Uzoma, you know, Ertz, a good player, 30, you know, 31. I mean, now, yeah, I just, I mean, it's really block. He, he's never really been a great blocker, and that's always so important for the Bucks' offense. I, you know, if they're going to make that kind of investment, that could be something that they look at. But I do like Ertz a lot, and he definitely proved in Arizona he's still got it as a receiver. Uh, Uzama does block and is a high character guy, energy guy. I think he's a captain yeah. for the Bengals, which Ed Gates, <laughs> I, would I could never not be guess. more with you. I, <laughs> you asked when me I watched him coming out of calls, I was like, this guy is stiff as a board. Like, he doesn't oh, block well I enough. Hated it. 
I didn't like his hand placement. He wasn't explosive coming off the line. I mean, he, his low center of gravity sucked. He didn't look strong and he was a big guy. So I was so freaked out, but he's just self-made. Like he just Mm -hmm. kept grinding. (laughs) He's 29. He's obviously (laughs) great, but he's PFF has him at 8.3 million per year, which is like around with grumpy, but it's obviously longer term. So you can spread out the hit a little bit more. I don't know if they'll get that much. I I'm, I don't know. PFF, I, some of these money, I'm not. They, they know better than me for sure. Tunyon is coming off the injury, one year, five and a half mil per PFF. That's intriguing to me because he's coming off that injury. He's not really like a a, a blocker at all though. So it would be a total <laughs> different fit for the Bucks than what they're used right. to a tight end. So. I don't and know the only how reason I choose that. them is because lately I'm noticing, especially, I mean, coming back from Mobile, Alabama, a lot of the tight ends as of late, they have, they do enough blocking wise or they have sporadic blocks, but they're really kind of more so, it looks like people are gravitating towards those yards after catch tight mm-hmm. ends or those people who can really command the center of the field. So I don't know if that's going to become an overall trend that teams start placating into or what's going to happen. But, yeah. you know, if we have a guy or two that can block and they're just looking for a tight end that can take up the center of the field and, and really get those yards after catch and stuff, then Zach Ertz for sure, Robert for sure, because he's a strong guy once he gets the ball. So that's the part that intrigued me about him. But I do agree. Yeah. I know blocking is a big deal for the Bucs. I'm just not sure where that trend is going. Right. There are less and less of them in the NFL, so they may have to figure out how to adjust if they can't find them. The good thing is that if you're looking for blockers at the position and you want to load up and get back to a wide receiver heavy offense, you know, look, Gronk, we're losing Gronk. We can't necessarily replace Gronk uh, mm-hmm. in that type of production because he's still playing like a top five tight end in the league. So let's just get a couple bodies at tight end, play alongside Braid. Braid will be kind of the, the receiving guy, and then we'll get a couple good blockers around him. That's pretty cheap. The Bucks can do that without spending yeah. much money. One of those guys is Max Williams, who was with the Cardinals, mm-hmm. had an injury this past I year. Like Williams. He's going to be cheap. PFF has him three years, $6.25 million per year. Wow. I again, Brad is my boy. I just can't see that for a guy coming off an injury who's never produced, he's never been a big receiver. Well, he's been that injury be prone yeah. since he was at the Vikings. He's just injury, 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 out injury. And I liked Williams coming out of college. So, yeah, yeah, me too. I don't know. I'd be surprised if it's that much. I think he could be like four mil a year and they could mm-hmm. get him. And that would be a guy that fills a need for them. Really good blocking tight end if he's healthy. So, Again, it's a risk, but you're taking less of a risk with that. There's not a lot of tight ends on my radar that I'd be pumped about. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, when I look at the Bucks tight end situation, I'm fine if you want to roll out Cam Braid as like your number one guy and then take one free agent and then one guy in the draft. And essentially, again, we all know that they want blocking guys. So if you want a blocking guy that you fought, that you like in the draft, draft him, then you know, sign a, a you know, receiving type of tight end, or, you know, you could flip-flop it either way. A couple guys I was looking at, and again, like, I really don't want the Bucks to really over, not even overpay, just not pay too much for any tight end, because, like, outside of Gronk, tight ends have never really flourished too much in in uh, Bruce Arians' offense. So, like, <laughs> you know, uh, okay, fine, Heath for, Miller, that was way however long that. ago. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. a couple guys I was looking at, as far as free agency, like Mo Alley Cox, I think would yeah, be an interesting choice. one. Oh yeah, um, all of like Tennessee PFF has him at seven mil per year. Mo right, and that's that's terrible. That's year. too much. That's too much for <laughs> yeah. a tight end. But he can block um, and he's big. And right, there's still some. Tennessee idea. has like all of their tight ends are available. If you look at the free agent <laughs> list, and, and Tennessee is very tight end heavy. If you want to go extremely cheap and a guy that has ties to Arians and, and Leftwich. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones is a free agent. He obviously was in Arizona in 2017. Uh, he was a wide receiver and converted to a tight end. So, you know, he's a guy that would be yeah. more of a receiving type of tight end, has a bit of an injury history, but again, ties with Arians and um, Byron Leftwich. As far yeah. as tight ends in the draft, I mean, Trey McBride is now the, the worst kept secret about tight ends. You know, he came from a small school in Colorado State, but he dominated at the uh, the senior bowl and i just love that he's physical he does everything you know might not look pretty but he always does well mm-hmm. and if the bucks want to look again look at uh you know receiving tight ends i thought uh charlie kohler out of iowa state yeah. he was one of the like tight him. ends that uh as far as receiving wise stood out a little bit more than some of the other tight ends then yeah. love is blocking but maybe you can work on it uh but yeah so that's just I would hope That's so. That's just my thoughts. I love right. his frame, so I thought he was going to be a bit stronger and probably have a little bit more potential when it comes to blocking. But, 
he's just definitely one of those big receiving tight end guys. Again, someone that can command the center of the field, but at six, six and what 256 pounds, I need him to block. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And that's what Bruce Arians loves. So he's going to, I mean, that's the whole thing with Cody McElroy. He's a big guy with good size, but mm-hmm. he can't block. And obviously Bruce Arians wasn't happy with that or else he'd be on the right. roster every week. Right. I am. I am. I need to do a lot more work on the tight end group. I'm not going to pretend like I've studied really any of these guys. Mm-hmm. Even McBride saw him at the, saw some of these people at the senior bowl and thought there's a number of players here can be good, you know, for the Bucks purposes. If Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio state is available you know, we'll see McBride, you know, I don't know if he'd get to their second round pick. And I don't know if I'd say I want to take up, spend a first round pick on him, but Ruckert could be a guy who is available second round pick, maybe third, depending on what he runs. We'll see, but will block very physical inline blocking, did a ton of it, Ohio state. So he's ready. There's not many guys like from college that you can say that about. Um, so those would be kind of the guys that I would maybe target somebody like that. I'm not out on McBride or anything like that. I just, is he going to be an elite? I mean, he he can block for sure. So, like, that's something that would mm-hmm. translate. But what's the value there? Is he going to be great as a receiver? Because if he's not, it's just not going to be that valuable. If you somebody else wants to spend a first-round pick on that guy, a la Hayden Hurst or a million of these tight ends that we've seen go in the first round and either be bust or have no upside, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that I would want to give up that kind of value for a player without a high ceiling at tight end or without – the ability to make a big impact right away, like a Cal Pitts or somebody like that. That's obvious. It's just not that valuable position. And right now the bucks need to focus on other positions. In my opinion, they can get talent at wide receiver and these other spots. If your tight end is just a red zone guy and a blocker, that's okay. I think in this season underneath guy, that's okay. In my opinion, this season, there's a lot of guys you can find like that. It's kind of like center and guard. You have to be able to replace those positions with adequate, solid players while adding increasing talent at other places. And then the opportunity comes for you to draft a guy who's a difference maker at tight end. Take it. You know, they took that swing on OJ Howard if hadn't been for injuries and a bunch of offense changes. Maybe, maybe what happened with OJ, um, unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way. Mm-hmm. Blame who you want. Sometimes things just don't work out. And that's, that's how I see it. I think he really had the ability and enough flashes for me to, to be a good player, but it just didn't work out that way because of himself for whatever reason. So he'll move on and. The box will face a lot of questions at tight end, and I, I don't know how it's going to shake out. Casey, before we leave, any any tight end prospects that you wanted to have on your radar? Anybody that was on your radar that we haven't mentioned? I think we may have mentioned them all. I think we just about mentioned them. I wouldn't completely hate the Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. Mm. Um, enough of a build, but I mean, I again, I love the old fashioned pro style tight ends, but I mean, he's about six four, two forty one, yeah, and decent blocking so something that could be groomed but another guy who's probably just mainly a receiving kind of tight end um quality yards after catch so i wouldn't hate that i think he's groomable but after some of the things that we've seen i know not to put too many chips on that situation but i don't i totally agree with matt about um charlie out of iowa state i mean he's just got the frame so even if he can't block and you can rely on a guy like cameron braid and you know maybe kind of leave some other guys there then you just have somebody else that's an open option. And in certain circumstances, we saw that, you know, that's what Gronk ended up needing to be for this team. That guy that can get those yards, that guy that can make those catches against those difficult defenses. But, you know, that's with (laughs) injuries and depends on what the run game is going to look like this season too. Let's be serious. We don't Mm -hmm. know what's going to happen at running back. And if they don't stack properly at the running back position, then you're not particularly looking for too much blocking. You're about to open up the the offense differently. So I think we're open to a couple of changes uh, coming down the pipeline here, but I wouldn't mind the the coastal Carolina guy. I do agree that I need to do a little bit more research, but in this position, I'd prefer a free agent. Right. I don't think it's the kind of draft where you have to jump out of tight end. And like you said, we have other positions to focus on. So I would focus on that maybe get a decent free agent, you know, not have to put too much money behind it mm-hmm. and figure out the tight end thing when somebody, when there's a class that really stands out, yeah. it just wasn't there for me. Right. Yeah. Nobody really blew the doors off mobile, but it, people look solid. So you could probably get a good player. Just don't reach for a, you don't want to reach for a solid tight end. That's the mm-hmm. biggest mistake people fall into is, Oh, this guy can be good for us for, for eight years. Well, that's great. But look, it doesn't matter that much. If you're taking him in the second round, he's just a good player. Like, you take a difference maker there because other positions are more valuable. Even if you've got a right. solid player at corner, you know, it's more valuable than a solid player at tight end is going to be to most offenses, especially one with the Bucks. If you have Godwin mm-hmm. Evans back, just reality of the situation. So something that they need to keep in mind there. Uh, Matt, before we go, tell the people about our friends over at Pin Chasers because I know you're pretty connected here and you know all about 
all the bowling food and fun that can happen over a pin chaser. Yes, I will. But first, let's get some more thumbs up and likes in this uh, yes. YouTube like channel. Show. Please. Give us a thumbs do. up, please. We'd love that. Share. That boost our and yeah, after share going, the link. Yes. And after going to pin chasers, you will also be given a thumbs up for your satisfaction of going to the best bowling place in Tampa, Florida. Pin Chasers, they have different events literally every single night. You got the pizza night on Tuesdays. You got all you can bowl tonight on Thursdays with $1 Miller Lights. You can go bowl, have some drinks. They got TVs there too, so you can watch whatever Olympic sport is on and be like, oh my God, that guy just went 500 feet in the air with skis. Um, so you can do that, have a great time. Their food is awesome. They bring it right to you, the 10-pin the grill. A uh, ton of different things, including breakfast. But it's great, too, that they have waiters and waitresses that will take the food directly to you at your bowling lane. So uh, make sure you go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or book a party. It's a very fun time out with your friends and or family. And they got multiple locations as well, too, uh, including East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, and uh, veterans in Tampa. So uh, go to pinchasers.net. And you'll be supporting a fellow Bucks fan. So uh, help out the community there. Yeah, good stuff from our friends at Pin Chasers. We'll be back next week on the show. Next week is pre-Combine week. What are we going to talk about on the show next week? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's a great question, and I have no freaking clue what we're going to talk about next week. But you'll find out next week when you tune into the show. By Monday, I promise you, we'll have something lined up to talk about. <laughs> Hopefully some news breaks regarding somebody. But if not, we'll find something to talk about like we always do in the show. We're excited about it. We'll always keep it at 100 with you all. But we will preview some of these combine things that we're going to be looking for and some of the things that will be on the Bucks radar next week as well. So we're excited about that. Combine week is coming up. Then you've got the week before free agency, which as we all know is absolutely crazy. Then we've got free agency. It's going to be a wild march, and we're excited that you're here with us. So, again, like the show on your way out. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it. Also, if you can, make sure you're subscribed and you're sharing the link and spreading the word to people. Praise be to Godwin. Praise be. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in and listening to another edition of the Peter Report podcast.